Today is Pentecost Sunday, um, and it actually kicks off uh, just a, a short series that, uh, that, that we'll be looking at over the last, next couple of weeks about the Holy Spirit, um, who He is, who He isn't, um, what, uh, what difference He makes, and uh, so, so we'll jump right into it. For, for, um, for years now, our family has had a tradition on virtually every Sunday evening. If we are home, we pop some corn in the old uh, popper, we, uh, we drizzle the butter, we get out the big bowl. This is, this is my bowl, probably about, it is, right? And uh, we, uh, we sprinkle the salt, we grab the, the M&Ms, because you got to have that salt uh, sweet kind of thing, you know, just a little bit on the, and, and, uh, and, and we call it supper. And we, we take it to the couch and then we, uh, we press the right buttons on the remote and sure enough, up on the big screen comes the American classic AFV, America's Funniest Videos. For almost 30 years now, AFV has shown American fam, what American families uh, shouldn't do. Right? Uh, they, we, we shouldn't own a trampoline. That, we've learned that over the years. You should never swing on a rope and try to land in a pond or a river, because uh, that never ends well. You should never dance on tables, especially at a, uh, a wedding reception. Um, and you should never try to jump over those concrete posts outside of Walmart. Does not, does not end well. And piñatas. I forgot about piñatas. You should never just forget about piñatas. Uh, they do not uh, work out. Uh, fortunately for our family entertainment, week after week, month after month, year after year, uh, we, we are thankful that families in America have not learned those lessons and they continue to keep trying to do what they really aren't able to do. Uh, and, and, and we laugh at them. Have you ever attempted something... That, uh, that you figured you probably couldn't pull off, but you tried it anyway. For a lot of people, that kind of sums up people's experience with Christianity. Uh, we, we want this abundant life with Jesus, like I've been uh, preaching about here lately, but, but then we try to get it on our own effort, and we try to be good enough, we try to act the part, we, we, we try to quit the bad habits and start the good habits. Uh, over time, we just can't sustain it, and so we're trying to jump into this thing that we were never really meant to do on our own in the first place. These, these questions, uh, the measures, like, uh, like I was just talking about, uh, I mean, those are, those are, are, are great things, and, and, uh, great questions ask, and I hope that, that we're doing that, but the danger is, I, I mean, it's a, it's a tool to help us in our spiritual life, but the danger is that we think that that's all there is to it. If I can just walk down through this list and, and answer those questions, then, then uh, I've done it, and I'm, I'm good, and that's all there is, all there is to it. Uh, the, the, the thing is that um, we, we do have a part to play, but we're partnering with the, uh, the Holy Spirit. We have to have healthy spiritual habits, healthy disciplines, all those kinds of things, but we were ne- never meant to pull off living a holy life on our own strength. Uh, we, we will fail miserably every time if we're not relying on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you've been around the church much at all, you've probably heard the name the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you've been around the church a long time, you've probably heard the, the, the term the Holy Ghost. 
which is uh, just an old-timey and kind of a scary way of saying the same thing. Uh, it sounds like everybody's, uh, it's haunted or something, I guess. But uh, it, 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 it's, we, we, can, we hear that, but I guess I want to drill down a little bit on what do we really mean by the Holy Spirit? And uh, I mean, how is he different from God or Jesus or, or is he? Are there three gods or is there one God? Uh, we, we can ask all sorts of questions. Who or what is this thing or person or God that we call the Holy Spirit. It can get confusing, but it's also fundamental to who we are and and what we believe as Christians. So I'd like to maybe clear up a little bit of that for us uh, today and in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to pull out a a theological um, term today. Uh, and you've probably heard it before, um, and, and I'm not sure anybody completely understands it, but it's the term the Trinity. It's actually number one in the Nazarene Articles of Faith, uh, the, that we believe in a triune God, the, the Trinity. Uh, it refers to belief in one God in three persons. The Bible never uses the term Trinity. You'll never find that term in the pages of Scripture. And yet, from cover to cover, uh, we see the Bible describing what we mean, what, what the church has always meant by the, the term the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Yet, it's not three different gods. It's, it's three aspects of, of one God. So I, I want to spend just a few minutes there as we differentiate uh, what, how the Spirit fits into all of that. In, in Genesis, I, I think we, we see a, an awesome hint uh, toward, uh, toward this uh, concept of the Trinity. Uh, and I think we probably gloss over it sometimes, but in Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the... And it goes on to, to, to do all that. And God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. You see that there in the beginning. It's plural, right? God said to himself... Let us create mankind in our image, in our likeness. It's a, it's plural. God, the Trinity, creating humanity. Uh, we, we also see the, even before this, uh, at the, at the very beginning, uh, we, we see the Trinity present, uh, at creation. Uh, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says, the earth was formless and deep and, and, and darkness covered the faces and the spirit was hovering over the waters. In John chapter 1, which also describes uh, uh, that, that first day of, of creation and talks about Jesus. It refers to Jesus as the Word, capital W, and it says in, in, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has, has been made. The Trinity, all three persons of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, existing uh, at the beginning of, before the beginning of time. Uh, and, well, and then there's, there's a great uh, picture there in, in, uh, in the Gospels when Jesus is baptized. We see all three aspects of God at the same time uh, when Jesus, uh, in, in Mark chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 9, it says, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well. Please, the three members of the Trinity present and active. Jesus coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, the Father proclaiming his, his pleasure and, and his excuse me and his blessing. 
It's pretty clear that although the, the, the word Trinity isn't specifically used in, in the Bible, the Trinity is definitely present all, all over the place. But still, we don't quite understand this whole one God, uh, three persons, how does that all work? Maybe an analogy might help. Maybe you've, you've uh, heard this, um, uh, but, but one, one way that we can, uh, uh, an analogy, and all analogies are uh, flawed at some point, but, uh, but I think it helps us get our minds around it. If we think about water, H2O, right? Uh, we can experience that in three different ways. We, we can turn on the faucet and fill up a cup with, uh, with, with water. And, and, and uh, it's liquid and it quenches our thirst and it cleans and it hydrates and, but yet we can also put water into the freezer, right? And we can have something that seems completely different, a, a lot different anyway, completely different properties. It's, it's, it's hard and it, it, it's cold and, um, it seems to be completely different, and yet it's still this, at its at its core, at its essence, still the same as H2O, right? Or then we can take that out of the freezer and put it in a pan on the stove and heat it up, and very shortly there's steam, uh, 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 mist, steam rising into the air, and our experience with steam is a whole lot different than our experience with ice or with water. Completely different experience, and yet at es- in the essence it's still the exact same thing. Uh, two parts hydrogen, one part Oxygen. One analogy that helps us get the concept of three in one. One, one thing with three different parts. We interact with it in three different ways. Uh, God is God. He is one. There is one God. And yet we experience Him in three different ways. Father, Son, and Spirit. I say all that, and then I still say, you'll probably never fully grasp that in your head. Yeah, I still don't quite, uh, that's okay, that's normal. Uh, there, there are things <laughs> that are beyond us, but I think we can start, excuse me, start to get our, our head wrapped around this. Uh, and, and it's essential to what we believe about God and how He interacts with us and how we interact with Him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. I think, Perhaps it's easier for people to identify more with the first two and not so much with the Spirit. Uh, the Father and the Son, maybe uh, it's, it's more concrete and we can understand that a little bit more, but it gets a little fuzzy when we start talking about the Spirit. I mean, we know what a father is, good, bad, or otherwise. We've had interactions with fathers, and we kind of know what it's like to have a parent-child relationship. And so we can we can understand that it's not too much of a stretch. And and we can certainly relate to Jesus. We've got we've got uh, story after story in Scripture of of the the life of Jesus, the physical life of Jesus on this planet. And and, and so hey, he walked through everything that 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 we did, and he is a, setting practical examples for our lives as we read through scriptures. Uh, we can we can relate to. We are even drawn to. Jesus. Jesus, God in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit is still a bit of a mystery. Pastor, author, and, uh, and speaker Francis Chan a few years ago uh, wrote a book uh, that, that kind of hinted at that as well. He called the Holy Spirit the forgotten God that we don't necessarily understand or, or spend much time focused on the Spirit. We seem to be much more familiar with the Father and the Son and, and maybe not so sure about uh, who the Holy Spirit is, what He does, and how we should interact with Him. And yet, the Holy Spirit is vital to our success as, uh, as Christians living an abundant life with God. We will fail every time if we are not uh, walking in step with uh, the Spirit. And, and so we need to recognize that we can't do it without Him. And so I want to clarify a couple of things and then, then uh, look at some of the specific things the Holy Spirit 
Spirit does uh, in and through our lives and uh, as, we, as we get started on this. Uh, the first thing, and, and I think I've already, uh, already explained this to, to, for the most part, but the Holy Spirit is fully God. Uh, he is not less Godish than the Father or the Son. And I think sometimes maybe we, we see, you know, there's three persons and, and the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Uh, third doesn't mean, uh, third in importance or third in power. Uh, it's, it, it's not, uh, it's not that, that, uh, you know, it's, it, Father is most important and then Jesus and then it's not a hierarchy. Uh, the Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus or the Father. We need to understand that. This is a, uh, a an equal interaction. Uh, the, the God is God at three persons. Uh, the Holy Spirit... And, and I've referred to it several times here now as three persons. The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. And I think this gets confusing, especially in, in, in our culture today. The Holy Spirit is not a force. I'm a Star Wars fan. I mean, I'm not as geeked out as some people here in this room who may remain nameless. But, um, but I'm excited. I think the solo, the new solo movie comes out in just a few days. I'm excited to, to see that. As much as I'd like to Christianize Star Wars, and many people have, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is not synonymous with the Force. I just, just a couple days ago, I was walking in with, uh, uh, with Nick and, and somebody else into one of those places where they have the little button you push and then the door opens. And he pushed the door but, button and it started opening and I went, yes. Yeah, wasn't the Holy Spirit, though. That was actually like electricity and a little, you know. Uh, but the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is not the force. It's, the Holy Spirit is not good energy in the room. Or I have a good feeling about this. Or uh, something made me say this. Or something made me go there. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. And we need to understand that. It's important because, because since God, uh, since He is God and since He is a person, then we need to know that we relate to Him. He's a relational. There's a relationship. In interacting with the Holy Spirit, it's not a matter of tapping into the force or just getting certain power in order to accomplish what I want. Uh, that, that might be fine for Luke Skywalker or Ray or, uh, or whoever, but, uh, it's not how the Bible describes our interactions with God. God is personal. It's a relationship. I, I, I know I'm kind of going all in on theology today, but, but uh, what we believe about God really matters in how we live. Our God is not an it, uh, not a power, not a force, not good vibes. <laughs> Our God, God the Holy Spirit, is a personal God who wants a relationship with us. Now, that might be easier to think about when we think about a father or we think about a son and we have a relationship with those people. It, the same is true with the Holy Spirit. This relational aspect, I think, is seen when, when as the disciples uh, were, were having a hard time with Jesus uh, talking with them uh, before, he, before he was uh, crucified and, and uh, raised from the dead and he was, he was talking to them on that night before that all happened and, and uh, really had a heart-to-heart with them there in the upper room. And, and, uh, and, and actually, the, the, the long version of that is, is in uh, the John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And he, he talks with them and he prays with them and, and uh, he kind of prepares them, tries to prepare them for what What's coming, and and uh, and and in that, he also several different times and places he describes the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
But he also recognized that, that, that these disciples had, he had quite a relationship with him. He, he'd been walking in, uh, with them for uh, three years, over three years. And, and so in John 16, 6, as part of this conversation there in the upper room, Jesus says, you are, he's talking to the disciples, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. He, he acknowledged that they were having a hard time with it. They were grieving the loss of Jesus, their, their mentor, their confidant, their teacher, uh, their friend. They had a deep relationship with Jesus. But Jesus told them throughout this conversation that him leaving them, even though it was going to be hard for them at that point, him leaving them was actually going to be better. It was going to be better. John 16, 7 says, very truly I tell you. That's Bible for, for reals, guys. Eh, maybe, I don't think Jesus talked like that, but anyway. Very tr- truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. It's going to be better. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In the face of of the disciples' grief over losing Jesus, he told them that it was for their good that he was leaving. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus refers to him as the advocate. The Holy Spirit's coming. Why would that be better? Well, we see it a a couple chapters earlier, still in this same conversation as he's flowing in this conversation, John 14, verses 16 and 17, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, again, the Holy Spirit, to, to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you jesus had been with these disciples for several years they 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 hung out he taught them they were they were closer than brothers but but there were there were times when when he wasn't with them when he was off somewhere else and they were over here and they were looking for him or or they were living life over here and he was uh serving over there just like any person jesus was confined to one specific place and one specific time but 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 here a- after he heads back to heaven he says i'm going to send you the holy spirit will who will not only be with you like i've been with you but he will be in you he lives with you and will be in you As pastor and author J.D. Greer writes, the spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you. The spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you. It's it's better. The Holy Spirit is is not limited to time and space. He's, He's with you and he's in you at the same time that he's with me and he's in me at the same time that he is with and in Christians literally scattered around the world. The Holy Spirit is God within us. We've got to understand that. We've got to know that. We've got to, we've, it's part of how we interact with God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He's personal. And it's better that Jesus went back to heaven because he was sending the Spirit who would not only be with us, but would be within us. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do when he's within us? Well, we could, we could spend uh, the rest of the year probably talking about all that. I, I, as a good pastor, I have nailed it, uh, whittled it down to three main points because that's what we do. We get it down to three points and sorry, they don't rhyme. Uh, they don't even spell anything. I'm sorry, but uh, there are three things I think uh, from these, uh, this conversation Jesus had in the upper room with his disciples, uh, uh, specifically that the Holy Spirit uh, that he promised would do for them and in essence does for each one who calls Jesus Lord. First of all, first of all, it's it's that name that um, that Jesus called the Spirit three different times. There, uh, the Holy Spirit advocates for us. 
He advocates. We've already read uh, several of those passages. It's in John chapter 14, verse 16, uh, then again in verse 26, and then chapter 16, verse 7. Uh, the, the, the word used three different times to describe the Holy Spirit, advocate, capital A, uh, the advocate. O- over the years, different translations have used different English words to describe that name for the Spirit and the, the, the role that he plays. It's a Greek term, paraclete, and it, it, it describes someone who, who helps or who comforts, or who counsels, uh, someone who encourages. Maybe you remember, I'm sure you remember uh, the series on the Beatitudes uh, back in the wintertime. I'm sure you, uh, you listen uh, to them daily uh, on the, uh, the interweb. But uh, uh, no, there, we, uh, the second Beatitude, the uh, hashtag blessed are those, right? And, and uh, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And I told you back then that, that that same word comforted is the same root word here used to describe the Holy Spirit, paraclete. Uh, so, so the names of, of comforter, maybe you've heard the... Uh, the uh, man, if, if if we had hymnals here, you could pull out and you could see songs with all these names. The Holy, the Comforter has come, and uh, and and the Holy Spirit is our Counselor. The Holy Spirit is our Encourager. The Holy Spirit is our Helper. All of those names and more have been used to describe the Holy Spirit. It all comes back to what has been uh, what has been translated in in the NIV. There, Advocate. The Holy Spirit is our Advocate. When, um, when, when we adopted Nick as a baby, um, we had a, a lawyer who acted on our behalf. He was our advocate. Nick was born in San Diego, California, uh, so three days before Christmas, we, uh, we headed to the airport and flew out of Kansas City, uh, minus 19 degrees, and we landed in sunny San Diego, California. There are worse places to spend Christmas than San Diego, California. We, uh, as, as you can imagine, we needed help along the way in navigating that whole process. We were unfamiliar with the city. We were unfamiliar with, with the hospital. We were unfamiliar with the, the people involved other than a few phone calls we'd had back and forth. We were unfamiliar with the ins and outs of the adoption process in California and how it differed from the adoption process in, in Kansas. And, and, uh, and, and so, uh, we, we, uh, we needed an adv- we needed help. <laughs> And so even though our lawyer was still in Kansas, he advocated for us. And I remember uh, calls, many calls, back and forth over those six days that we were in California. It seemed like six weeks sometimes. Uh, what's that, eight days? Oh, eight days, sorry. See, I told you it seemed longer than uh, six days. Uh, it seemed like forever, and phone calls back and forth, and, and uh, he, he was explaining how things were going to work or how things should work and, and uh, what we should or shouldn't do next and, and what, we, uh, what we should or shouldn't sign next and, uh, and, and who was going to do what where. And if we had fears or concerns about how things, some things were going and being handled, we picked up the phone. They were attached to the wall back then, I think, but we picked up the phone and we called Austin K. Vincent in Kansas and we expressed our concerns and he encouraged us and he calmed our anxiety and he made phone calls on our behalf and he sent, maybe you don't know what the faxes on our behalf and, uh, and, and made the whole process, uh, happen the way it needed to happen. Without an advocate, we could not have navigated that process effectively, but we had an advocate. That is the first uh, uh, thing that I think of when I hear this term in Scripture describing the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that a lawyer in Kansas is the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, but but I, I am saying that it's a picture of what the Holy Spirit does for us. He advocates 
for us. He encourages us. He comforts us. He counsels us. He helps us. He guides us. All of those things, all wrapped up in that, in that name, our advocate. He is God. In John 16, verses 13 and 14, we see that, that in doing that, in advocating for us, he's, he's leading us to the truth. Uh, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He only speaks what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. Jesus is talking. He will glorify me because it is from me that, that he will receive what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit, our advocate, interacting with the Father, interacting with Jesus the Son, uh, as they uh, are all one God, obviously they are working in tandem and in combination, and as, as the Spirit uh, uh, interacts uh, and is God, then he leads us into only what is truly true. In all things, in the midst of, of, of the chaos and confusion of life, the Holy Spirit is our advocate navigating the way. What does the Holy Spirit do? He advocates. And we could, we could spend hours uh, unpacking all of that. Uh, another thing the Holy Spirit does that Jesus described there in the, in the upper room to his disciples was the Holy Spirit teaches. John 14, 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. For the disciples, that meant that uh, the, all that learning that they had had uh, following Jesus, they'd been experiencing uh, uh, his, his leadership and his instruction and his teaching, and Jesus had been doing that, and now the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was going to step in and, and be their teacher. Um, uh, after, after Jesus left, that he wasn't leaving them without someone to teach them. The Holy Spirit was going to continue to do that. And, and it says, not only teach you all things and remind you of what you've already learned. Anybody need reminders from time to time? Um, we have, I mean, we've got it on our phones and everything now. Uh, I make lists uh, just to remind me of what I'm supposed to be doing. If it's more than three things and I'm heading to Walmart, I've got to make a list. I can remember three. Four sends me over the edge and I can't do it. Um, so post-it note is, my, is my, uh, my Holy Spirit, I guess, walking to Walmart. But um, the Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us. How, how does the Holy Spirit teach us today? I believe primarily the Holy Spirit teaches us uh, through the Word of God, through through the Bible, through the inspired Word of God. The Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God uh, through many authors over many years, and, and then he uses that Word uh, to, to speak to us the, the, the Word of God. The, the, the Holy Spirit will not teach you anything that contradicts Scripture. So we can sense the Spirit's direction in some way or another, but, but we always have to pass it through the filter of, of Scripture. Uh, as scripture tells us to test the Spirit, to, to, to see if, if uh, what we're sensing and, and feeling uh, goes against or, or supports what Scripture talks about. It's that partnership that we have with the Holy Spirit in our, in our learning, right? Because it, he, he doesn't, just, doesn't just open up our brains and dump in this, uh, this, this knowledge, it's a partnership, and we have to open the Word of God. We, we have to interact with the Word of God, and as we do, the inspired, the Holy Spirit that has inspired those, the, those words through, through, uh, down through history now reveals them and inspires it to us as, as we open that up and as we interact with the Spirit and with God's Word, and, and we're pursuing the truth, and, and we're prayerfully uh, reading and studying Scripture, and as we do that, the, the Spirit enlightens us, and, 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 and he, enlightens, he enlightens the Word, and, and, and we... We, be, we partner with the Spirit and we learn and we grow because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Uh, 
That partnership of, of prayer and, and scripture reading is, is so rich and so valuable. That's, that's why we've got number one on the card here. Have I met with God today? That's what that's all about. Prayerfully studying scripture, spending time with the spirit, allowing him to teach us. Uh, when he teaches us, he might say, hey, go over here and do that. He might say, hey, this character trait needs to be uh, lifted up and developed in your life. You, you, you put people on our hearts to pray for uh, all of these things. And we're opening ourselves up to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. He is the source of truth in our lives. Of course, there are many sources uh, where we can learn facts and, and truth, uh, but, but God the Holy Spirit is our teacher in all things. So, so we look, through, look at life through the lens of the instruction of the Holy Spirit. I think it's important for us to, to uh, note, too, it's not just that we're, we're learning from him, but he also reminds us, because not only do we forget... Um, but 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 we have to, I think that emphasizes the fact that we have to be learning along the way. He's going to remind us of the things we've already learned and continue to use that and, and grow us and, and disciple. And it's, it's this process as we're walking with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit advocates and the Holy Spirit teaches. And another thing that maybe isn't quite so fun is that the Holy Spirit convicts. John 16, 8, when he comes... He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. I think another way to, 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 to look at that uh, is, is to say that the Holy Spirit helps us to see life, all of life, the way God sees it. The awful effects of sin, the great results of righteousness, and the fact that all of this is coming to an end someday and there will be a judgment. And so if we sense, if we sin, we sense his displeasure and he leads us back into a right relationship with God. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We, we probably would call this aspect of the Holy Spirit our conscience. Uh, it, it's most related to that. We feel badly when we've done wrong and we feel uh, that, that guilt in our gut and nothing makes it right until we make things right with God and with whomever we, we may have wronged. Uh, that's actually the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin. But I, I don't want you to get the picture. I think when we think of conviction, we think of this, this angry God uh, pointing his finger and zapping lightning bolts and saying, ha, I got you. You messed up and I got you. That's not the picture of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is, an, is our advocate. He is our guide. He is our counselor. He is our encourager. Even in convicting us of sin, he is encouraging us toward righteousness. It, it, it's not a fact of, I got him, I caught him, and I, he, he tripped up and I caught him doing it. But it's, it's actually the most loving, gracious, encouraging thing to do for us to show us our sin because he wants us to be rightly related to God, to himself. He wants us to be rightly related. He knows that judgment is coming and if we're living with unconfessed sin, things will not go well for us at judgment time. And so it is the most loving and gracious thing that the Holy Spirit can do is to point out things in our lives that don't look like God. Do I see Jesus in the mirror? Question number three. Is, he, is the Spirit uh, convicting us to get rid of the stuff that doesn't look like Jesus and to fill us with the character of, of who God is? I think we need to recognize, and you probably already know, that it is possible to ignore that conviction. <laughs> the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Timothy uh, describes it as having our consciences seared as with a hot iron. 
The, the more we ignore the voice and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the less we feel his conviction and, and the more we live trying to figure out life on our own. I heard the story this week of a, uh, a missionary couple who, who moved to a, a country in the Middle East and, and um, they had wrestled with that decision and, and whether to step out in faith and to do that and they finally did and, and then as they, as they moved into their, their quarters where they're going to be, be staying, they soon noticed a, a dove that had made a nest right over the, uh, the, the door uh, in the porch of their house uh, right there and uh, they just took that as one more uh, confirmation of God's call uh, and blessing on their ministry there, the dove that, that uh, has signified the spirit and of course they, they, uh, they really enjoyed nature and, and watching those things as well and so they were just overjoyed with, with what they viewed as a as an extra little gift from God uh, as they were in this far country serving Him. But something began to happen though as uh, as as they lived life there. Um, when they would come and go, if they weren't thinking about it, they would slam the door shut. And when they did, the dove would fly away. Or at times they got into uh, uh, heated discussions with each other. Maybe raised their voices as all couples do from time to time, and the dove wouldn't wouldn't like the noise and would fly off. She'd come back later. The next time there was some craziness going on uh, in or around the house, she'd, she'd take off again. And after seeing that behavior for a few weeks, the, the husband spoke to his wife and said, have you noticed that the dove flies off when we slam doors or, or raise our voices? And, and his wife said, yes, I've noticed that too. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned that one of these times the dove is going to fly off and not return. The husband then said, I suppose if we want the dove to stay around... We have to adjust our lives to her because I don't think she's going to adjust her life to us. Maybe a picture of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He teaches us and leads us into all truth. The truth isn't going to change and we have to adjust our lives to the Spirit because the Spirit is not going to adjust his life to us. It's possible to ignore the Spirit and to risk him leaving So when he brings us conviction, we have to realize that it's for our good and to bring us the best life possible, life away from sin, life healed and whole. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some of those images of the Holy Spirit, fire and the dove and and wind or air and and water, and and how those uh, those images throughout Scripture help us understand a little bit more about, about the Holy Spirit. But today... Maybe, you know, maybe it kind of laid the groundwork, but, but maybe we also just need to, need to reset, so to speak, with the Spirit in our lives. Maybe we need to reestablish that connection with God, the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been trying to do what some of those people did on that video at the beginning where they're trying to attempt something that they, they probably were never going to be meant to be, to pull off trying to live this Christian life on our own and and it's just not working. And it won't work without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So maybe we need to experience that encouraging presence of the Spirit. Maybe that's what you need today, that encouragement of the advocate, your guide, your counselor. Maybe there's something something where you you sense his his, uh, encouraging Spirit in your life. Maybe you need to be uh, praying that the Holy Spirit would continue to teach you all things because maybe you've kind of set back and you're not really uh, engaging or, or interacting or learning. Ah, I know all this church stuff and that's not really, uh, I don't really know any, don't really have to learn anything new. The Holy Spirit wants to continue to teach us all things. Or maybe, maybe you're sensing his conviction and you need to get things 
right with God. All of that, all of that and more happen in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We need you. We can't do this. Lord, plant that holy desperation within us that we will never get enough of you, but that we will always be seeking more of you. Lord God, fall fresh, fresh, new, new every morning, new every minute. May we experience you and your presence and your power and your glory and your guidance and, and your strength and your grace and your conviction and your, your, your teaching, your truth. Lord, we, ex- we want to experience you more and more and more. Forgive us for the times when we, when we lack that desperation. Open us up to your spirit and your truth today. And Lord, I pray that as we go from here that, we, that we, won't, uh, we won't think that we're leaving you behind, but that we recognize that your spirit is not only with us, but within us. And you go with us, uh, within us, wherever we go, so that we can be used by the very spirit of God to accomplish your truth, your grace, your plans in this world where we live. Thank you. Thank you for your spirit in Jesus' name.